0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational 80 Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, We Coach, the global community of women in high school sports, and the Florida Coaches Coalition. You heard me say many times that these are all great organizations. You should really add them to your network. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes and take a listen to our podcast sponsorship messages. These are all great companies I used as an AD. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to thank Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association platform, and it's your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used home campus every single day, and it was just fantastic. And the home campus staff was great, too. For more information on how you can sign up for home campus, just go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle. As an athletic director, we were a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided to help them coach our kids at the highest level. It was a professional grade solution to the challenges that we faced. Go to huddle.com and see why we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to thank Gipper. Go to Gipper.com, let their pros help you create world class content for your school's social media channel in seconds. Mention the podcast, and they'll give you a nice discount. Celebrate your athletes, promote your teams, your school, your entire athletic program. Gipper's used by 3,000 athletic programs, high school and college, and they'll teach you how to create professional graphics for your school social media channel. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Go to HometownTicketing.com and find digital ticketing that offers more. That's more support, more security, and more customization. Hometown is here to make the best solution for you. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products today. We also want to thank Snap Mobile go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop. Snapraise is hands down the best you can find. But there's also Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect, and more. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. Snapraise.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. They are on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school records for all your teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell more compelling stories, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, mention the podcast, and they'll help you showcase your school's diverse history, your proudest moments, and your top role models. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We want to thank District 1, Go to districtone.com, that's W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won when you see their custom uniforms, their on-time delivery, 20 business days or less, and their one-at-a-time replacement program. You'll never have to buy a full set of uniforms again when you only need to replace one or two sets. Go to districtone.com, click on the team gear button, and you'll get a free quote. That's districtone.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Athletic directors always hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you to the 2%, but they'll also connect you to the 98% that love and support your program. Go to AthleticSurveys.com. Get this valuable information that you can share with your principal. Your school board or that squeaky wheel parent. That's athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. And hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're bringing back a friend of the show. She was a, a guest a while back, uh, Molly Grisham. If you're not familiar with that name, shame on you. Uh, Molly's a longtime college coach uh speaker on a national level uh she now operates you know her own business mollygrisham.com and a lot of other things works with teams athletes coaches leaders uh organizations um all on the idea of uh, you know being the very best that you can be we're going to take a deep dive into a new program that she is offering for coaches and athletic directors but first molly grisham welcome back to the educational lady
1: podcast Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation last time, and I'm sure we're going to have another great conversation today.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. As we were talking before the show, uh, I, I think we're both along the same lines. You know, we're trying to help people, trying to share best practices. Uh, and you, know, I, I thought, you know, again, you shared your program with me. I've got that sneak preview. Uh, so I already know how good it is, but uh, I, I think our listeners will really enjoy it too. For somebody who is, you know, let's say, new to our show, um, Hasn't uh, had a chance to listen to your episode. Give us a little bit of an intro. You know who is Molly Grisham uh, and and what are you doing right now?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so I, like you alluded to, spent uh, several decades in higher ed. I was both a communication professor and a college soccer coach. And the last part of my career, I was a full time college coach. And about six years ago, I sensed a change was coming for me. And so I walked away from that career and started my own business. And I now work with teams and organizations all over the country on things like leadership development and team building and conflict resolution and good communication skills. I often describe it as um, the speed bumps. And so if you think about in an organization, there are things that just slow you down. There are things that just keep showing up, like here's this conflict again, or we're not able to work together on this, or our communication skills have slowed us down. And so a lot of my work is coming in and figuring out, okay, what are our speed bumps and how do we address those? And how can we remove those speed bumps so that we can become a high-performing organization or team, Um, and how can we enjoy the work that we do a little bit more? And so it's, it's a lot of fun to help people be better Uh, I loved athletics, but I realized that everything in athletics is a transferable life skill. It applies in all different contexts. And so I felt like there was probably a wider audience for me. And I also knew that the system of college athletics in many ways was a broken system. And sometimes you have to leave the role that you're in and kind of come in in a different role to help the system be healthier. So I get to be an ally and an advocate and walk side by side with lots of coaches and leaders as they try to be at their best and help their people be at their best.
0: Yeah. I I love those, uh, that word ally, you know, being an ally as a retired athletic director, you know, I don't have my own athletic department or coaches or kids, but through this podcast, very accidentally, you know, Mm -hmm. I I found a way that I can maybe help experts uh, better than me, certainly, you know, share, Uh, the great tools that they have with our profession. And then again, pass those on to the kids. Um, One of your quotes that I have stolen, like any good athletic director will, um, goes like this. And I'm going to use this as kind of a springboard to uh, what we're going to talk about today. Um, You have a a saying, uh, teams don't grow apart, they die apart. Yeah. And talking about leadership for athletic directors, leadership for coaches, even student-athlete captain leadership. Talk just a little bit about that, and then we're going to dive into what we're going to do today.
1: Yeah, if you go to my website, that's like the quote that you see right away, and it does tend to capture people's attention. And um, a lot of people like you say, what, say more. What does that mean? I'll unpack that statement a little bit. And the reason that matters to me is I hear a lot of leaders, coaches who will say like, oh, we're just, we're just growing apart right now. It, it's, we're just in a season of growing apart. And I think it's important to name what's actually happening there. Um, growth is healthy and to grow apart is not healthy. And so we need to actually name it. If we feel like we are separating as a team, we're actually dying. We're not growing. So let's, let's name that appropriately. My team is dying right now. Okay, well, let's get some help. <laughs> let's, let's get someone in who can help you get yourself back to a healthier place. And it's interesting when I work with coaches and I kind of call them out on that. When I hear someone say, oh, we're just growing apart. We're just growing apart. I'm like, no, you're actually dying. And all of a sudden I have their full attention. They're like, oh, oh shoot, we, let's do something about that. Um, so I think it's really important to name the health of your team. To be honest about that and to ask for help when you need it. It's absolutely insane that we would think one coach or maybe a coach and an assistant coach can can do it all on their own. Sometimes you need help, whether that's an athletic director who can come in and provide fresh eyes or whether that's a consultant like me. Uh, But asking for help when things aren't going well because you love your team and because you want things to be better and because you want them to have a great experience is a positive thing. So let's name it. My team's dying and I'd like some help because I don't want to continue this anymore.
0: And you are 100% spot on and just looking at my own coaching career, I had a great career. When I say great, I had a lot of fun. I think the kids had a lot of fun too. And we won our share of games. There's no question about that, but I can look at in my 41 years, uh, 25 as a head coach. uh, There were a couple of football seasons where our team was, was dying. And uh, I, I remember telling some assistants, I can't wait for this season to be over. And Had I had the tools in my toolbox, you know, to, you know, revive the team, you know, stop them from dying, I think we all kids and coaches uh, would have had a better, uh, a better experience. So uh, again, 100% agree with that. Um, As you alluded to, you know, when a team is not performing well, or even worse, when that team is dying, (laughs) um, many times uh, they will bring in uh, an expert like a Molly Grisham to help revive the team. And for many reasons, that's not always possible. Mm. And that's why we're here today. Uh, you've got a brand new program that you're getting ready to release called Coach Ready. And we're going to take a deep dive into Coach Ready. So um, I, I guess let's go ahead and talk about the why first, mm. and then we'll get into the what. So what uh, inspired you to create Coach Ready?
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head. Not everyone can put me on an airplane and put me in a hotel and have me hang out with them for a couple of days. And I've wrestled with that. Like, do I just want to work with uh, power five women's basketball teams who do have that budget? Or do I want to try to work with the masses and really, really make a difference in the space of athletics? And I realized I have all these kind of nuggets of wisdom that I share with the clients that I'm on a retainer with. I share with those private clients. Could I create a format where I could share that with everyone, that it could be a low enough price point that I could help um, a grassroots coach, a high school coach, a volunteer club coach? Could I just give them All of my wisdom in a way that's affordable for them in a format that works for a really busy coach but doesn't compromise the quality or the depth of the content. And I think I did it. I'm really excited about that. Um, I wanted to create something for the masses. That was really, really intentional. I didn't just wanna go after the clients that have a budget where I charge a lot and I sell a few. I wanted to flip that script. Let me charge a little and sell it to the masses and see if we can really, really make a difference in the space of athletics.
0: Yeah, and that word quality certainly uh, is important. Uh, you know, you can you know, bring in a, a so-called national or even a local speaker and, and pay X amount of dollars, but what are you getting? Uh, so, you know, here, you know, you're providing a program. Uh, and uh, again, on your website, uh, you know, I've had a chance to look at, you talk about it being accessible to all coaches. Uh, you mentioned Power 5. Talk to that, uh, and we're going to dive into the details, listener. So, you know, I- I'm not teasing you here, but talk to that uh, listener right now, that cynical, mm. cranky old AD like me, Uh, sitting somewhere, Nebraska, Florida, Oregon. uh, Talk to them about how this particular program is the real deal.
1: Yeah, so one of the things I run uh, throughout the year is what's called a mastermind for college coaches. And so I'll get 11 coaches and we meet every other Monday for six months. And I noticed during that process, I would get a text message afterwards from a coach that would say, oh, that one sentence you said, that did it for me today. That's the sentence I needed to hear. That's magic. You should develop content around that. And so I started to make a list. Like, what are all those kind of magic moments that I'm just sharing with people casually that they're writing down that are making an impact? What are those moments when I'm speaking in front of an audience that I watch all the heads go down and they just wrote down what I said? And so I just created a list of all of that. And then what are the stories that I tell? And what are the frameworks that go with that? And how can that be implemented for a coach? And so to me, the easiest format was a self-guided online course where coaches can log on at their own pace, their own time. They can do it from their phones and watch these short videos. As you know, most of the videos are like four to six minutes. There's a workbook that's associated with it, so they can take notes and do self-reflection questions. But I wanted to make the process simple for coaches. I didn't want to make this complex. Um, And my hope is that a coach will watch a video and think, ooh, I need to listen to that again. Like there were some nuggets of wisdom there. And so maybe you're listening to it on the drive to work, or maybe you're listening to it as you're lining your field or taking gear uh, out to the the gym or the pool or wherever you may be. But I wanted that process to be simple. And to me, an online course that's video-based, or you can just listen to the audio, was the simplest way uh, for coaches to digest a lot of valuable information.
0: Well, again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with Molly Grisham, you know, nationally recognized speaker and presenter on, you know, leadership and coaching. Um, we're going to take our first break. We're only going to take three breaks uh, uh, on this particular episode. So please stay with us. When we come back, we're going to jump right into her new program, Coach Ready. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform. And it's your one stop for scheduling student athlete eligibility and clearance and a lot more as an athletic director. I used Home Campus every single day and it was just great. And the Home Campus staff was great to work with too. For more information on how you can become a home campus client, just go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Change the way you see the game. Go to huddle.com. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids on the highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports, and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Gipper is the exclusive social media graphics solution for the Educational AD Podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class graphics for your school's social media channel in seconds. They'll help you celebrate your athletes, promote your teams, and a whole lot more. Gipper's used by over 3,000 colleges and high schools across the country. It's so easy, even I can do it. Mention the podcast. Gipper will give you a nice little discount. That's gipper.com. Check them out today. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational ED Podcast. Our guest is Molly Grisham. And she's here to share a new program that she has available for coaches and athletic directors called Coach Ready. Uh, Molly, uh, there's a number of different modules. Uh, Can you share those categories? And then I want to take a deeper dive into as many as we can squeeze into this episode. (laughs)
1: Let's do it. Um, So we start with a module called Leadership is Influence, which is absolutely a core belief for me and something I teach with lots of teams. And then we move into a really specific leadership framework that I think can be valuable for coaches and for teams to understand, particularly as you develop your leaders and understand that progression that they're going through. And then I have what I call the 4 Rs for team leaders and as I mentioned earlier I shared that on a mastermind call one day and I thought ooh that was that was kind of good I should I should probably create some content around that and so that was really fun to unpack that and now share that with teams and then we have a unit which I think most coaches will say, ooh, this, this might be my team. But it's how do we deal with difficult players and difficult moments? And we certainly have those. We would love to think that coaching is always fun and always perfect, but we have our difficult moments. And so I love sharing some ways that we can think about that. Um, in that unit, we unpack what I believe are the five reasons why a student athlete doesn't do what we're asking them to do, because that can be really frustrating as a coach. Just just go do it. I told you what to do. Why aren't you doing it? And then we have a unit on conflict in teams. And that was important to include because one of the things I often hear from coaches is we have some conflict. How do we make it go away? Or or how do we make sure we never have conflict? And I think if we reframe conflict to being uh, a possibility that things could be better, we can approach it in a healthier way. And then we have a unit that um, I felt like ethically, I I couldn't not put it in. And this unit is on trauma and teams. And it's a heavy unit. It's hard to talk about. But the reality is we're all coaching teams with players who've experienced trauma. And if we can understand that just on a a really basic level and have some awareness, it's going to allow us to coach them in some healthier ways. And so I felt like This is a hard one to record. This is a hard one to talk about, but so, so, so important that we give coaches a foundational um, base level of knowledge about trauma. And then we have a unit on leading change. And in this unit, I share some mistakes I made as a college coach, some things I wish I had done differently. I now have some new knowledge and can look back and say, yeah, you didn't handle that very well, but maybe others can learn from those mistakes. And then my last unit is called Creating High-Performing Culture, and this is a fun one to share because I think that's where most of us want to be, and I'm able to share some of the observations and insights and wisdom that I've gained from working with some teams at the highest level. And then, of course, we have a welcome, and we have some closing thoughts as well, but those are the core units that we hit on inside Coach Ready.
0: You know, as you listen, as, you know, our, our listeners, I know who our listeners are, you know, they're ADs and coaches and, you know, occasional people, you hear those subjects. And, uh, for, for me, you're just immediately, you know, you want to take notes, you know, you, you want to write those things down. So again, I, I think it really, um, underscores how valuable the coach ready package can be. Um, we're going to do this at the end, obviously, but we'll go ahead and you know give those eager beavers uh, that information now. Um, your your website, of course, you know uh, com. where do they find out more about the platform, Coach Ready, and how do they get it?
1: Yeah, the easiest place, we'll make it as simple as possible, is go to my website and go to the services tab. And you'll be able to pull up Coach Ready there, and that will take you to the page that will explain Coach Ready in detail. You can fill out the forms and and get that purchase made. And while we're talking about purchasing, since I know you have such a a high volume of ADs listening to this, if there are ADs that want to talk about a group package or a discount for your coaches, please reach out. Uh, It's my goal to get this in as many coaches' hands as possible. And so if if an AD reaches out and says, I've got X number of coaches, let's talk about what that could look like. Um, I want to make this accessible to as many people as possible. So uh, they can reach out to me through my website as well. That's kind of the hub of all my stuff.
0: Okay. And we're not being secretive about the cost. I'm telling you as an AD, uh, that was at public private and faith-based schools, So I know all the different budget permutations out there. This is a high value, very reasonable cost. Okay. Uh, you, you are going to be very pleasantly surprised. Um, let's go and start that deep dive uh, into one of the modules. And then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and do some more. Um, for me, the um, the leadership one, the very first one, uh, I, I, I just really spoke to me. Um, you, you talked about or in the module, uh, you talk about the difference between positional power and relational influence. Uh, can you talk about the difference between those two and, and why it matters?
1: Yeah, it absolutely matters. To me, leadership is influence, but there are a lot of people who see leadership as positional power. And what I mean by that is their title, their rank, their authority leverages them as a leader. It it gives them permission to lead. And one of the challenges around that is in order to have positional power, someone has to give it to you. Someone has to say you're the captain or you're the president or you're the CEO. And there's this authority, this power behind that. The downside is Not only do they need to give it to you, but they could also take it away from you. And then all of a sudden, that power that I had is gone. You can be named a captain and feel like you have a lot of power. And then somebody can say, actually, you broke a rule on Friday night. You're no longer captain. Gone. Um, You could be CEO of an organization and be fired. Your power is gone. But my belief is we all have relational influence. No one can give it to us and no one can take it away from us. And oftentimes I'll say to coaches, um, if you're not sure about this, let's, let's think about this for a moment. Imagine you have a player on your team. She's not the best player. She's not a senior. She's not a starter. She's not a captain. But she shows up to practice in a really bad mood. Does that affect the rest of your team? Of course it does because she has relational influence, even if she doesn't have power on your team, she has relational influence. And so helping young people to understand you already have relational influence. How do you want to leverage that? Do you want to wait for someone to give you power or do you want to leverage the influence that you already have? Uh, I was working with a team last night and we were talking about leadership and I said, guys, I got to be honest with you. I have never had a coach call me and say, Molly, we need your help. Our biggest problem is there's too many leaders on our team. They're all leaders. They all lead themselves. They take care of everything. This is a crisis. Get here as fast as you can. That's never happened. Um, highly successful teams are full of leaders who lead in their own unique way, who leverage their influence, who understand what their strengths are. And so we need to help young people understand that, that they don't need to wait for a title. They don't need to wait for authority. They don't need to wait for someone to give them permission. Instead, they need to leverage the influence that they already have. Because we know as coaches, at best, we might be with them two hours a day. What are they doing the other twenty-two hours a day when they're in class with their friends, or they're hanging out with their friends, or if they're on a college campus, they're all the time with their eating and sleeping and doing all their social activities. All of those are moments of influence, and so we want to help them leverage those in positive ways.
0: I was just thinking back to you know my my football coaching days and our our best season and best in every way. We had mm-hmm. so much fun. Uh, We also, you know, eked into the playoffs and had a playoff victory. Uh, We had so many leaders in in different ways, but it it was just, you're right. We were overflowing with leadership. And that season I was telling you about that I couldn't wait to get over, we had zero leadership or we had negative leaders. And so I I, I love that. You know, Molly, we have too many leaders. Can you help us? Uh, Never happened. (laughs) Let's go and take a quick break, but we're going to come back. We're going to take some more deep dives into the different categories of Molly's new program, Coach Ready. Again, uh, if you just can't wait, go to mollygrisham.com, click on the services, and it's going to be outlined there for you. But uh, we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com digital ticketing that offers more more support more security and more customization hometown is here to make the best solution for you it's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges hometown is going to show you how to uh, sell your tickets online not just for your athletic events but things like school plays concerts dances even graduation and the best part you're going to have a dedicated client success manager It's providing you hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was my Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table. They not only generate income for your department, but their products also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, see their tables and their boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to thank Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com, check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop looking. Snap Raise is flat out. The best one out there. Our coaches used it with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where they'll give you your funding before you even start your fundraiser. Nobody else offers that. There's also Snap Store, Snap Connect, Snap Manage. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to our visit with Molly Grisham, the creator of a new program for ADs and coaches called Coach Ready. Molly, you were taking us through uh, some of the different modules. Uh, the next one that really jumped out for me was, uh, again, with leadership, but it was your four R's. Can you share a little bit about that one? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So one of the reasons I wanted to include this is so much of leadership development falls on the shoulders of coaches and ADs. We, we can't assume that a young person is exposed to great leadership on a regular basis, and they're just absorbing it. Like, I've just been around great leaders, and I just have kind of figured it out. We have to be really intentional about how we develop our leaders and how we teach our leaders and so I noticed a little bit of a breakdown with a lot of the coaches and the teams that I work with in, in terms of, well, what the heck do you want me to do? <laughs> I know I know I want to lead and I know you want me to be a leader, but what? Just help me figure that out. What am I supposed to do? And so one of the frameworks that I share with coaches is what I call the four R's. And I think these, we'll break these four down, but I think these are really important because I often say that leadership is contextual. And what I mean by that is the environment that we're leading in is always changing. Um, How I lead when we're winning a soccer game 10-0 versus how I lead when it's 0-0 with two minutes left on the clock might be a little bit different. Um, How I lead in the classroom or how I lead in a social setting might be different than in a game. And so I have to develop this kind of situational awareness as a leader. What is this moment calling for for me? So let's talk about these four R's for a moment. The first is what I would call, what's my role as a leader? And one of the ways I like to unpack that for student athletes and coaches is how am I to be in relationship with the people that I'm leading. And so you think about a leader, you think about all the different contexts that someone could lead, there's lots of different ways people are in relationship with those they're leading. Um, The way someone who is a Navy SEAL leads their, their group of people is very different than how I might lead. And that doesn't make one right or wrong. Uh, but there's a time and a place to have the role of a drill sergeant. And maybe that's what you want for your players. Maybe you want your your leaders to be like drill sergeants. They're going to hammer down on their teammates, they're going to call them out, they're going to they're going to get them in shape. Maybe that's what you want. Or maybe you want your team leaders to be more of a mentor you want them to walk side by side with their teammates their the kind of their arm is around them they're leading they're guiding them and so they're having a relationship as a mentor another example i love to share is maybe you want your leaders to play the role more like a firefighter if something goes wrong they got to address it Um, And that's how they're in relationship with their teammates. And so when we talk about the role of a leader, what we're really teaching a young person is how should you be in relationship with those that you're leading? And we often fail to name that. We often assume that the role is you're a leader. Well, no, we've we've just started the conversation. What does my relationship with those I'm, I'm leading need to look like. That's what my role is. And that may fluctuate, that may change. And so if we can give them lots of different mental pictures and examples, then they're able to make that change. Because again, leadership is contextual. The second R that we talk about, so we start with what's our role? How am I in relationship with people? The next one is what are my responsibilities? Um, In addition to me being a member of this team What are my responsibilities as a leader? What's my to-do list? What are my tasks? What are my jobs? Uh, What are those action items that you want from me as a leader? And again, it's so important to have this conversation because you may have a high-performing athlete who's a member of the volleyball team, and their responsibilities on the volleyball team are very different than their responsibilities on the softball team. And we've got to articulate that for them. On this team, if you're going to be in a leadership uh, role if you're going to you're going to have these connections with your teammates here's the behaviors here's the action items that we need from you and then the third r is what are the rules that i expect you to follow and the truth is we should hold our leaders to a higher standard and so maybe the team rule is everybody has to get this certain gpa but if you're a leader it's got to be a little bit higher L- let's talk about that let's have that conversation Um, maybe there are team rules around behaviors on a weekend. (laughs) What's acceptable in terms of curfew or alcohol or other things? That standard might be a little bit higher for your leaders. And we need to articulate this. These are the rules that I expect you to follow. And then the fourth one is just kind of the foundation of it all. What are the reasons for all of this? And I say that not from a perspective of entitlement. It's it's not a young person saying, that's great, coach. Now tell me why. I need to know why. It's not that at all. It's if someone understands the reasons on a really, really deep level, when the context changes, they then know how they need to change. They're able to say, well, I understand why coach wants me to do that. And the environment just changed. The context just changed. The situation just changed. But I know the why, so now I can make the adjustments that I need to make. I know my coach wouldn't be okay with this, or I know my coach would want me to speak up, or I know my coach would want me to call someone out in this moment. And so if we can be really intentional about breaking those things things down, what's my role? How am I in relationship with my teammate? What's my responsibilities? What rules do I need to follow? And What are the reasons why all this stuff matters? If I can understand that on a deep, deep level, I can be successful as a leader. And when we fail to teach this stuff, we are setting them up to fail as leaders.
0: Yeah. Again, as I was listening, uh, you know, different moments, you know, uh, flashback to me. I'm just thinking, you know, again, as football, uh, you want to get everybody involved, but, you know, you also, it's that risk versus reward uh and so you know we would play all of our youngsters um this is high school football uh Mm. on special teams in some way but we were very intentional before that word was a thing uh with you know this is what you need to do this is why it's important this is how it's going to help the team and we would have kids just really uh excel uh and end up you know showing us as coaches you know that they could do something that we didn't know they could do uh and uh, again we we, we would tell our assistants, uh, you know, very much, you you need to tell them why this is important. And then, you know, yeah. make sure you reward that. Yeah. The role playing. I had a basketball coach that did a great job of that. Um, he uh, would put in usually three and sometimes five substitutes at the end, towards the end of the quarter. Uh, our PA guy would go five fresh faces uh, coming in and our mascot was the Falcons. So there was great alliteration there, but those kids knew that that was their job. They were supposed to come in, provide some energy, some defense. You know, if there's a turnover, who cares? You know, get back on defense. But defining that role, and I know that was just one of your R's. Um, let's go and jump into the quicksand. Um, every coach, as you've alluded to, has had, uh, let's say, challenging moments with players. Um How do we navigate that? What are some things uh, that can lessen the negative impact of those challenging moments?
1: Yeah, it, this unit really comes from helping coaches understand why someone isn't doing what we're asking them to do. And it's interesting to me, to me, there's five clear reasons. and, And we break this down in coach ready and I think it's so important because when you understand why someone is behaving the way they're behaving, you can now respond appropriately. We take away the assumptions. We take away some of the anger and the frustration when we just can't get somebody to do what we're asking them to do. So let me name briefly what I think those five reasons are, uh, because I think it'll be really helpful for your listeners to think back on, gosh, that player Was tough to coach. I really couldn't get them to do what I was asking them to do. Um, You may look at it differently as you think about these things. So, to me, the first is well, they just didn't know, just wasn't communicated to them. And that happens. Sometimes the message doesn't get relayed. Uh, A good example would be a basketball game, and four of the five players knew that they were going to full court press and one didn't. And that one cost you the moment, but no one told that one player. Okay. That's on me as a coach. We got to think about how do we communicate? We can cross that off the list. I don't need to berate a player for that. That falls on me. The second would be, well, they didn't know how. You were just asking them to do something that they didn't know how to do. They weren't at a level in their development yet where they had been taught how to do that. Again, that falls on us as coaches. We're developers, we're educators. We've got to teach them how to do that. The third is they didn't know why. And again, that's not from a place of entitlement, but it's knowing the game, having such a high IQ of your sport that you could make a split second adjustment. Um, I, there are so many times where I can look back at my coaching career and I think I was just mutter, just saying under my breath, what the heck? Why did she do that? Why didn't she do that? Why, why, why? But she didn't know the game well enough to make that split second decision. And again, that falls on us. Um, The fourth would be, we're asking them to do something they can't do. One of my favorite stories is I was working with a a power five women's basketball team, and we had hit a stretch in the season of just injury after injury after injury. And it seemed like it was all of our big players were just (laughs) struck with injuries. And we were going to play a a team that would go on to compete for the national championship that year, who had a player who's now in the WNBA, (laughs) just a massive, massive post player, and I said to our head coach, um, who, "How are we gonna? How are we gonna manage that?" <laughs> and she said, "Well, this this player is just gonna have to gonna have to defend her." And this was a coach that was very much about playing man to man defense. And I thought, "Yeah, she's like a foot shorter. Uh, I don't know how this is gonna. Basketball is not my primary sport, but I don't know how this is gonna work out." And the head coach just kept saying, she's going to have to figure it out. She's going to have to figure it out. And I thought, how does like a five foot eight player defend a six foot five? Like, how do you figure that out overnight? And, And so we had some honest conversations of me saying, coach, you might have to change your strategy because I think you're asking her to do something she just physically can't do. And so we can get frustrated when we're asking a player to do something they can't do. And when I look back on my coaching career, most of the time I got myself in trouble with that one was because I absolutely believed in a player. I believed they could find a way. And and sometimes we're asking a player who's just not fast enough or tall enough or strong enough to do something that we would really like them to be able to do. And again, that's on us. Like, what's our strategy? What's our tactics in that moment? What adjustments can we make? The fifth one is the one that falls on players. And that is they just don't want to do it. You're just asking them to play a role on the team that they don't want to play and they don't want to do that. And that's a culture fit question. And that's, can we get that player back on board? Can we get them to play the role that we're asking them to play or do they need to go? Are they deciding I'm not going to do what's best for the team because I don't want to do that. That's not the position I want to play that. I don't want to come off the bench. I'm sure I'm sure you've got some soccer fans uh, that are listeners, but I was watching the, the men's national team play the other night, and they were talking about this young all-star who can come off the bench for 15 minutes and absolutely elevate the team. And the announcers were all former men's national team players, and they were saying it's really hard to hear that when you're 18 or 19, that you're the best 15-minute player in the world right now, you want to be the best 90 minute player, but if this guy can embrace this role, he's going to, it's going to turn into 20 minutes and 30 minutes and 90 minutes. Cause he's an impact player. Well, what would happen if he said, I don't want to be a 15 minute player. I don't want to do that. Well, he's gone. There's no question about that. They're not going to put up with that. And we face that at the high school club and college level of just getting players to buy into those roles. And so sometimes a player is not doing something because they don't want to. Not that's not on us, but it is it does fall to us to have a conversation about it and to say, look, this is what we need from you for our team to have success. Can you get on board with it? If not, we may need to talk about what your future looks like with this team.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point. Uh, You know, a 100 years ago when I was in high school, um, you know, and not saying I was this person, but I think it was more about, um, boy, I can't wait to play for the team or I can't mm-hmm. wait to be on varsity. And right. nowadays, I sound like that cranky old guy on the porch. Uh, it's about, you know, well, how about my minutes or right. my reps or my right. touches? And it's not necessarily right, wrong, good or bad, it's just the way it is. And right. so if you're a coach today, if you're not coaching that kid and helping them, kid, you know, 19-year-old, uh, if you're not coaching those student athletes and helping them understand how their role right now Impacts the success of the team, then you're not doing your job as a coach. You know, yeah. great, great point. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Molly Grisham, um, you know, world-class uh speaker, educator, coach. Uh, and now she's uh, offering a great new program for all coaches, uh, called Coach Ready. We're gonna take our last break, but we're gonna come back, hear more about the program. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. They're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If You're looking for a really cool way to showcase your school records for all the teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. Uh, they're a great way to tell more compelling stories about your school's diverse history, share your proudest moments, and showcase your school's top role models in academics, athletics, and more. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast. You'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thank you to District 1, Go to District One, that's W O N.com. You're going to feel like you've won when you see their custom uniform packages, their on time delivery, 20 business days or less, and their one at a time replacement program. You'll never have to buy a full set of uniforms again when you only need to replace one or two sets. Go to District One, click on the team gear button, and get your free quote. That's District One.com. And we wanna say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrek. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic Directors typically only hear back from the complainers, the 2% that wanna gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you to that 2%, but it's also gonna connect you to the 98% that love and support your program And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking to your principal, your school board, or that squeaky wheel parent. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back everyone to the podcast uh Molly Grisham is our guest today and she's been sharing some of the modules that are available to all of you that are listening right now through her new program called coach ready uh Molly uh again I wish we had time to go through the entire package but uh, uh let's try to squeeze in one more uh one of your units uh you call it conflict and, and teams um give our listeners a little bit of uh, uh, information on that one.
1: Yeah. I I have to say, there's a lot of things I love to do with teams, Um, lots of different topics and lots of different activities. But one of my favorite things to do with teams is a session on conflict. And it's always interesting to me that coaches kind of hang their heads like, oh gosh, is there something wrong with us? Like we need to talk about conflict and, players will walk in, kind of heads down, like, oh gosh, is, is there something wrong with us? What did we do? We have conflict. And helping people to rethink conflict is really, really valuable. In fact, I love conflict so much that during COVID, I decided to do a graduate program in conflict resolution. And I did that simply because I know every team I work with has conflict because it's a team made up of human beings and humans are going to have conflict. So it is normal and it is natural to experience conflict on your teams. But that doesn't mean it has to be something that slows us down. That There are ways that we can address conflict. There are ways we can talk about conflict so that it becomes, um, as we talked about at the beginning, not a speed bump for us, not something that we have to slow down and deal with. So I often hear from coaches when they call me, they will say something like, uh, "What can we do to like make sure we never have conflict?" <laughs> and I find myself kind of laughing and saying, "Like, if you're just trying to avoid it, you're going to make it worse." Now, that doesn't mean we manufacture conflict. That doesn't mean we think, "Ooh, I think my team needs a little conflict like right now. Let me stir the pot." I am not a fan of that at all. But I do believe. And, and if your listeners aren't driving right now, I would say write this down, but I do believe that friction creates traction. And so if you think about your car, when you're driving down the road, if you don't have good tires, they're, they're really, really smooth, there's there's nothing creating any friction on the road, you're gonna be sliding left to right. You're You're not getting forward progress. And the same is true in conflict. Sometimes conflict shows up, there's some friction, there's some tension. It is an opportunity for us to get the traction that we need to move forward. It's an opportunity for us to address the things that are slowing us down, to name those things and to come up with a path forward. So in this unit, what we break down are what are called the five default conflict styles. And this is not uh, this is not original Molly Grisham material. This is highly researched in psychology. I'm just the one talking about it in the space of athletics. But what research and what psychology would say is we're all born with a default conflict style. We have one way that we approach conflict. And what's interesting to me is when we say default, yes, that's our go-to, but we can learn skills to move to a different conflict style. So one of the conflict styles is avoidance, and those people are exactly what it sounds like. They wanna avoid it at all costs. Conflict to them is dangerous, it's destructive, it's hurtful, and when conflict shows up, they are out the door. And I grew up in a family of avoiders. It's all I knew. I thought that that's how everyone dealt with conflict because that's how my family dealt with conflict. And it wasn't until I got to college and I was around new friends and their families that I started to witness, wow, different people deal with conflict differently. And I wonder if there's some things I could learn from that and could take from that. And I'm proud to say that over the last couple of decades, I've learned some of those skills to move to a different default conflict style. So one of the workshops that I often do with teams is helping them understand what's their default conflict style. What's a coach's default conflict style? Where is their tension in those default conflict styles? Because what often happens is I will be in a room with a team and all of a sudden someone will say, man, I thought I just hated Jake. I thought he was just a jerk. I just thought I couldn't stand him. And now I realize We just have different default conflict styles. And so when things get tense, he responds his default way and I respond my default way. And we're just hitting a wall there. And I actually like the guy. This is kind of a a new revelation for me. I I like him. I just didn't realize we dealt with conflict differently. And so what we do in this, this unit is unpack those five default conflict styles and i really have two hopes with this unit one is that coaches will pause long enough to think about what's their default conflict style because as much as we would like to think hey i never <laughs> i never have conflict i'm never a part of that we do we we are involved in that as a coach or as an administrator so i feel like that's kind of gift number 1 can i help coaches and administrators figure out what's their default conflict style but can they then turn around and share those five Default conflict styles with their team and help their team figure that out because you may have a player that you've been in tension with. And when you realize, oh my gosh, it's not that they hate me and don't want to talk to me, they just sense a little tension and they're an avoider and they're out of here because this is really scary for them. And how can I approach this differently as a coach to make it not so scary for them? Um, one of the other conflict styles is assertive. and boy, those people will get in your face in conflict. They're let's solve this, let's solve it right now. And I always struggled with players that were really assertive. I felt like, who are you to get in my face right now and argue with me? And when I can realize, oh, we're in conflict, This is their default conflict style. This is not them being disrespectful. This is not them wanting to take over the power in the moment. This is their default conflict style. And it's not my default conflict style. It allows me to kind of exhale and say, okay, how can I approach this as an adult, as a teacher? How can we navigate this in some healthy ways? And so it's valuable for coaches and administrators to understand themselves. But man, it is valuable to help a young person, whether that's a 13 year old high school freshman or whether that's a college student. We need to know that that's going to set us up for success later in life when we can say, I know myself well enough to know that when things get tense, this is what I do. And I have an awareness of what those default conflict styles are and how other people might respond um, really really sets you up for success in life so I, I'm excited to see what coaches do with this information how they share it with their teams how they set their teams up for success understanding conflict at a deeper level
0: yeah again the just the the conflict resolution and and being able just if nothing else you know listening to a student that's that's having a bad day yeah. uh the, they're all things that we say boy I wish we knew this. When we were first starting out, you know, I, I here I am three years retired. I, I wish I had all this stuff and it's available at mollygrisham.com. Um, let's go ahead and uh, I'm getting greedy here. Let's squeeze in one more module, okay. uh, maybe about a, a three minute sprint. How about you hear this all the time you know, that school or that team has such a great culture, you know, how do they do that? If we could build a culture and it's, it's not, as you know, it's not, you know, some quick fix, but one of your modules talks about creating a high performing culture. Give us three minutes on that uh, enough to get our listeners to go to mollygrisham.com and sign up for the whole package.
1: Yeah, I've been so fortunate to work with some really really high performing teams, teams that compete for national championships and win win national championships. And oftentimes the the first time I walk into their space, I can feel it. Like this feels different. This is this is high performance. And so in this unit I just share like some of the wisdom and kind of nuggets of stuff that I've observed from some of these high performing teams. Um, So let me give you one of the quotes that I share in this unit that oftentimes when I say it, people just kind of lean back in their chairs like, huh, I need to think about that for a moment. And that is this transformation is on the other side of truth. And oftentimes when I'm working with a team and I say that, I just I just pause. I just let them absorb that for a moment. High performing teams have a culture, have an environment where they can tell each other the truth. They can say, you're better than that. You can get that rebound. Why have we played for the last the first quarter and you have zero rebounds? You're an unbelievable rebounder. We need you to rebound, go do it. They can tell each other the truth. They can say things like, you are so much better than how you practiced today. And tomorrow has to be a better day because we see the good in you and we didn't see it today and we need you to be better. Unfortunately, we are in a time in history right now where it doesn't feel very safe to tell the truth very often, but high-performing teams hold on to this because they understand that on the other side of telling that truth is the transformation that we all want. We the only path to get to transformation is through the truth. And we have a lot of teams and a lot of coaches and a lot of administrators and a lot of parents who are thinking there has to be another way. Can we transform? Can we be high performing? Can we win without ever having to tell the truth? And I will say, after six years as a consultant, after six years with working with teams that win national championship, coaches that coach national teams around the world, there is no path to transformation without telling the truth. And high-performing teams do that well. And so we have to embrace telling the truth, even when it's hard to hear, even when it wasn't worded the way you wanted it to be worded, even if it wasn't the time that you wanted to hear it, but to say, gosh, these people love me so much. They see my potential. They see the good in me. They see where I could go. And they took the time to tell me the truth about where I was falling short or where I could do better. That matters. Um, and high-performing people, high-performing teams understand that you got to tell the truth because the path to transformation is on the other side of truth.
0: Well, you probably saw me scribbling down notes like crazy. You know, uh, the one of the first things you said was, You know, you walk into that gym, you walk into that classroom and you can feel it. That's one of the slides that I use when I'm talking with parents or coaches at other schools about, you know, building culture. And many times it's one of these great schools that already has a successful culture that's having me come in because they're just like you, you know, they're trying to get better. Uh, But I I love that. Uh, High-performing teams can tell each other the truth and that transformation, you know, changing that culture is on the other side. Great, great stuff. Uh, Molly, um, always uh, a pleasure to hang out with you. Thanks so much for uh, doing, I I guess, a little bit of a reveal uh, on our podcast. Um, um, Is This is going to be uh, playing for the first time on uh, July 17th. So I assume as they're listening, it's going to be available on mollygrisham.com. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners uh, before we say thanks for being on the podcast?
1: Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope they'll check out Coach Ready. But if there are other ways I can support your listeners, just go to my website and reach out. There's plenty of ways to connect with me, whether it's social media or requesting a phone call or an email. But um, if you've heard what I've talked about today and you're just interested in knowing more about me, I I wanna be an ally and an advocate for coaches and administrators. I want their experiences to be positive. And so if there are ways I can walk with you, whether that's working with your teams or your coaches or a group discount or or just kind of being in my orbit, I'm here to help support coaches and administrators in any way that I can. So please don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Let's have a conversation and see how I can support you.
0: Oh, absolutely. And again, listeners, if you're a coach and you just started coaching or an AD, you've been a coach for a while now, you know, you've got that first AD job staring, uh, staring down at you, or you're you've been successful, but you understand you need to keep doing the things that have got you this point to get better. Molly Grisham is who you want to contact. Go to mollygrisham.com. Check out her services. uh, You know, let her help you uh, take your program from good to great. Uh, Molly, thanks again for being on. All the best. uh, And again, thanks so much for sharing on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. And thanks for all you do, Jake.
0: For our listeners, uh, we do this just about every single day. and We upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back next time for more great professional development and best practices on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.